Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Rico Bronia. It is a day late, but it's a day late because I needed to try to give myself one extra day so I didn't spend 85% of the Rico choking on my old soul. I have recovered from my illness. I was very sick. I don't think anyone wants me to get into details, but it was bad. I thought I was going to die. Like, I think there was about a day or two where I was like, I've seen my last Met game. It's over, and I'm dying without a championship. But I have recovered. I feel better. I still have a lingering cough. So if you hear me cough, I apologize. In fact, why don't we all play the Rico Bronia Evan Roberts' coughing drinking game? Uh, or an over-under game, we should say. I'm going to set it at 11 and a half. If you hear me cough uh, more than 11 and a half times and you took the over, you won. If you take the under and it's less than 11 and a half, you win. So that way, the coughing, if I do indeed cough a million times, will be less obnoxious because you're gambling on it. It's the same way we all watch sports now in 2023. We just bet on everything, right? Chiefs, Lions, we're all excited because we're going to bet on the over-under on every possibility from this football game. So you can do that now with Rico Bronia. So there's my health update. I'm not dead. The Mets did win two out of three against Seattle. It was very frustrating because. I could not go to a game. As I was recovering from my physical issues, there was no way as we canceled everything. I was supposed to go on Joe Beningo's big podcast Friday night. Couldn't do that. Supposed to have a barbecue Saturday. Canceled that. Barbecue Sunday. Canceled that. There was no way as I was recovering over the weekend and canceling everything, I was going to wheel my ass to City Field to see Mets Mariners. That was never going to happen. So this was a tough homestand because the Mets played nine games. I attempted to go to one of the freaking nine games, and I lasted three and a half innings. So this may have been the most pathetic showing I've ever had for Met homestand. So as disappointing as this season has been, and we could take our turns on who we blame, I blame myself for my lack of just ability to show up for this American League West Coast homestand, which ended up going four and five, if my math is correct. Lost two out of three to Anaheim, two out of three to Texas, and then stunningly, stunningly, they win two out of three against one of the hotter teams in all baseball in the Seattle Mariners. A lot to get to on this podcast. We'll talk about Tyler McGill. We'll talk about David Peterson. But we start things off with Ronnie Mauricio because when the Mets made the announcement before this series started that Ronnie was coming up, I was excited. Hoff was excited. We're all pumped up. We finally got our wish because this has been, I mean, honestly, it's been months. 
months of just bitching and complaining on when is Ronnie Mauricio going to come up. I feel like I've spent so much time, we've all spent so much time checking the scores from AAA just to see how he's doing. And it was this odd feeling where every time he did something well, you'd be excited, but you'd also be pissed. You'd say, oh, great, Ronnie Mauricio's three for five with two home runs. Why isn't he here? Like every time we saw him do something successfully at AAA, there was this level of frustration in, okay, well, why isn't he here? And much like the Yankees, and they did with their young guys, for whatever reason, let's wait until September 1st. Let's wait till rosters expand, not to 40 the way they used to when we were kids or three years ago, but until they expand at 28, which is freaking nothing. I mean, the whole roster expansion in 2023 which I like, by the way, I'm not even complaining about it. This ain't the old days. This isn't the days of let's call up nine guys. Let's call up everybody from double A and triple A. So there is this level we all had this weekend of frustration of why now? Like, why couldn't this have happened weeks and months ago? So Ronnie gets the call up Friday night. And I mean, this is just, this is typical. This is, you want to laugh. You want to be happy, and there's a part of you that wants to just grab Billy Epler and choke him. Not in a Latrell Sprewell, PJ Carlissimo way, in a friendly way. Like a friendly choke? Like when you grab your friend? It's like what Pete's going to do when he sees Sal on Tuesday. He's going to, like, friendly choke him. You know, nothing mean, nothing personal, just... You just want to choke Billy Epler and say, Billy, as Ronnie Mauricio in his first Major League bat hits a ball 117 miles an hour, the hardest hit ball of the year. You just want to scream and say, why the F was this guy not here on May 1st? Or June 1st? Or July 1st? Or let's get nuts, August 1st? Like, why did it take until Friday night against the Seattle Mariners for Ronnie Mauricio to come up here? With that said... Hoffman was touching himself when Mauricio hit that line drive over the right fielder's head. He was like, this is, this is my guy. It's amazing. How ecstatic were you when Ronnie just smoked that ball to right field? Well, I think it, it, sh- it shocked everybody, including the outfield. I think it was a Teoscar Hernandez. I mean, literally just watched the ball, thought he was, was set perfectly, and then watched the ball just soar over his head because the ball was smoked off of Mauricio's at bat. I mean, it was crazy. And listen, let's be serious here. He went. F- he had five hits in three games. I'm not sitting here saying the guy's going to go to the Hall of Fame. We all saw that the second hit in the in, the, in, his, in his first game was a little, you know, C and I single. But the fact is, this guy's doing something that the Mets haven't been able to do all season long. He's hit the ball consistently. So the, there's two things Ronnie Mauricio can do, in my opinion that can really impact his future, bad or good. Because this is a cliche I've heard since I was a kid, and I believe it. So I don't even know if it's a cliche. It's just something we've heard a lot, but I do buy it. You don't want to read too much into what you see in September, similar to where you don't want to read too much into what you see in March, in spring training. So I'll give you a negative example. Aaron Judge in 2016. Now, you may be saying to yourself, Aaron Judge in 2016, in 2017, he was the American League Rookie of the Year. Well, he came up in late 2016, and he wasn't good, and he sucked, and it wasn't a huge sample size, but he wasn't great. It didn't mean anything. 
going into the following year. Just like if a guy comes up and hits 325 and looks good, I'm going to give you a guy from like a decade and a half ago, and the only reason I remember is fantasy baseball. Jesus Guzman of the San Diego Padres hit like 350 for a month, and no one's ever heard of him again. So there's a lot we can see over a one-month sample size that means nothing. I think there's two things that could happen where you take notice. One, a guy looks completely overmatched. I mean, complete, not even he's three for 30, but three for 30 and he strikes out 18 times and he can't hit a major league curveball and he looks like he is not ready for major league baseball. And then defensively looks completely overwhelmed. That would be the ultimate negative. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And then in contrast, the ultimate positive is a guy doesn't come up and just hit. He tears it up. I mean, Ronnie Mauricio plays a month and it's 420. I'm not saying either thing is going to happen, but the truth is, I don't know if there's that much in just one month that can drive us positively or negatively. You know what I mean? Like, I'm glad he's here. I'm glad we're watching him. And I do think Met Yankee fans are in a similar boat right now where we're not playing for anything. So we want to watch young players. So the Yankee fan is all pumped up. They get to see Jason Dominguez. They get to see Austin Wells. I totally respect that. That's where we are. We just want to see the young guys. But I'm not sure if there's really anything that Mauricio or Brett Beatty or Mark Vientos or any of our young guys can necessarily do in this small of a sample size that's going to really impact their role in 2024. That, that, that's my only point. I'm glad he's here. I'm glad defensively he didn't embarrass himself because that seemed to be the real reason Buck and Billy didn't want him here. And and here's what's so hypocritical about this. Let me just get this off my chest because this pisses me off. Every time Buck Showalter talks about defense and how important it is. So he talks about versatility and defense. And yeah, we know he could hit, but can he feel? And yet you have spent the entire season defending and playing Daniel Vogelback, who doesn't have a goddamn position. Like, think about it. It's not even that Vogelback's bad defensively. He doesn't play defensively. So the hypocrisy of Billy Epler and Buck Showalter talking so much about defense, and yet defending and employing Vogelback this entire season is mind-numbing. Like, how do you, how do you bend the two thoughts? You know what I mean? I don't know, and the other thing, too, is you talk about a guy in Daniel Vogelback, which it's not about crap on Vogelback Day, which I did all Saturday night, but let's be serious here. The guy does one thing. He's a hitter. He's one-dimensional. Once he hits, he can't run. He can't do anything. The one thing they have him there for, he can't even do effectively. It's He's, he's a batter. That is but, literally all he could do. But here's the thing, Pete. I'm not even bringing this up. We'll rip Vogel back on this podcast because we're going to talk about this series. So obviously, when we get to game two of this series, which I'm sure you spent a lot of time, like you mentioned, on Saturday Night and the fan talking about, we'll rip Vogel back. But what I'm saying right now is not a rip on Vogel back. It's a rip on 
Stop telling us how important defense and versatility is when you've employed this guy all year. Like, it's tough to take it serious. Now, what did I think of Ronnie Mauricio at second base? He was fine. He looked calm. He looked casual. Uh, There isn't really much to take out of these three games other than, yeah, it was awesome to see his first major league at bat be a ball that smoked 117 miles an hour. It was awesome for him to hit the ground ball up the middle. It was frustrating on Saturday that I think we all thought the same thing, which is, hey, let's get Mauricio up with a chance to win this game in the bottom of the ninth inning. So small sample size. We will see him every day, probably at second base exclusively would be my assumption. Um, But hearing about the importance of defense. Here's my first cough. (laughs) Hearing about the importance of defense is infuriating when this team has spent all season long defending Daniel Vogelbeck. That's the, that's the part that's, it's tough to square up the two when Buck emphasizes, you know, you play defense, I'll play you. Yeah, except Vogelbeck, who doesn't play any defense. Like, I'm not even kidding, Pete. I don't think he's played a major league inning defensively for the New York Mets in his career. Like, I think his only yeah. innings defensively last year was in Pittsburgh. It wasn't even yeah. here. Now, yeah, by the way, fine. The Mets know he sucks defensively, but then don't lecture us about the reason why the kid who tore up AAA can't be in the major leagues because he's not ready defensively. It's, it's, their, it's their default um, excuse constantly. That's the reason why Alvarez didn't get the call right away was because they weren't sure if he was defensively sound. But you talk about this year particularly, one of the biggest flaws on this Mets team was their defense. They were terrible. Besides, take away Pete Alonso because I'm praising him because nobody else wants to besides you and I. They were they took a step back defensively, defensively yeah. everywhere. So one quick thing about Pete defensively, and I've never had the ability to do this because it's always been, hey, my eye test tells me he gets better every year. And he's not bad defensively. And he's average and now maybe slightly above average defensively. So I've always said that over the last couple of years about Pete, that you watch him every day. It's like you can tell when someone doesn't watch him every day because they think he's a stiff defensively. He isn't. Watch him every day. He's especially improving, which he's been doing over the years. But this is the first time I'm able to say this. I'm so excited. There are defensive metrics that are backing up Alonzo's defense this year. So it's no longer just trust Evan and Pete on the Rico. Like, if you buy a lot of these defensive metrics, and some I do, some I don't, because it's tough. Like, I can't watch every Astros game. So can I really tell you what Kyle Tucker is defensively? Not really. I'd be lying to you. I know what he is offensively. We watch enough of his at-bats. But I'd be lying to you as a diehard baseball fan to say, here's what Kyle Tucker is defensively. Because sometimes I really think the only way you can tell is by just watching a guy every day. And we don't have the ability to watch every single person every single day. It's almost like an offensive lineman in the NFL. Like, I could tell you how good I think Andrew Thomas is because I watch every snap of every Giant game. Can I tell you every left tackle in the NFL? No, because we're not watching every snap, every play. I like PFF. I like defensive metrics because they're trying to tell us. But sometimes when a defensive metric is lying to your eyes, that's when it gets frustrating. So I think it was defensive runs saved by first baseman in Major League Baseball. Pete's third in Major League Baseball. So it's nice to see his defense is rewarded. But let me give you this guy specifically who's gone backwards defensively. And then we'll get to all three of these games 
Uh, talk about McGill and Peterson and their auditions continuing. Lindor has been great defensively. He made an incredible play. I think it was Sunday's game on Julio Rodriguez where he turned a double play. It was smoked by Julio. Makes this great backhand play. Flips to say it was unbelievable. <laughs> Excuse me. So Lindor has been great. Uh, I'm at two cops now, Pete. Pete keeping track. All right. I think I'm going to hit that under. I feel good about this. <laughs> okay. I do feel good at least. That's the most important part. Of it. Right. Maybe not for the listeners, but for me. Uh-oh, I got another one coming. Hold on. <laughs> oh, three. Uh-oh. Now we're getting tight here. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm on a run now. <laughs> the 